2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio
3: app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grids Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening.
4: Hello again and welcome everybody to another edition here of In Game Live on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez and we have Jared Smith back in the saddle. We missed you a little bit last week, guys. to <laughs> Kevin Walsh. We did our thing, you know, we took our deep dives into sure. a number of things, but it wasn't the same, Jared, because like, I feel like, you know, you can complete my sentences. We're teleconneasing <laughs> when we do our deep dives, so it's, it's good to have you back, brother man, for another yes, weekend of In Game Live. I love
3: it, man. Um, So I had an internet emergency last week. Yeah. So. so- Apparently, seven months ago when I moved into this new apartment here in New York City, they installed the wrong line to my internet, and it finally crapped out after seven months. So uh, that's a pretty good run for a line that was basically 15 years old that was supposed to be like the old line. They got the new line installed, but, Dane, for a moment, I was like, am I in quarantine with no internet? Like, that's like the worst nightmare. (laughs) It would have been a disaster, but luckily we've moved past it. Back up and running. The, the internet guy, the Spectrum guy, obviously probably didn't have much to do. Not much going on. He came quick. He ran a line from the roof, like it was like a production. Ran the new line from the roof. It came back to the thing, and now we're here. And we're good to well, go. His mask and gloves. Yes, okay.
4: he was. Fair and, enough. Good and also, sure they have that a your, thing. Uh, domicile and that was
3: is an safe. thing. Because Spectrum said, we assure you that the person we're sending is COVID free. So I guess that's something that they test the workers. The essential workers need to get tested in some capacity.
4: That's interesting. I mean, great. I'm glad that you're in a uh, safe environment. I'm glad you got bars. And I'm glad that we're ready to rock here on Endgame Live. And here's the thing, Jared. You're ready to rock. So are some of these leagues, Jared. I mean, since we last talked, I think there has been real movement on a number of levels. You know, I mean, we can almost go league by league, but in the NBA, for example, right, they are opening the facilities and we saw a number of things that have to be in place, right? Only four people at a time, the only one coach maybe at a time, anyone rebounding for a player has to be wearing masks and gloves. I saw things like, you know, the weight room. They're going to take out a lot of machines to be able to separate and provide a little bit more distance. But one thing I got to ask you about, Jared, I saw all these kind of list of conditions for the facilities reopening. And one of the things I saw were sanitized sneakers. Now, I don't know what that means, Jared. Do you have any insight into what that means? Like, I definitely have a pair of slippers that I rock inside the apartment. And then if I'm going to go throw out the garbage, I put my flip flops on. Maybe trying to not track it. Are these guys just opening up new boxes of Nikes and rocking them, and then leaving them in the gym? What the hell is sanitized sneakers, Jared? Well, I, I used to have that friend. Everyone had that friend back in the day. You'd go over to his house,
3: that? and the parents would make you take off the shoes before you walked in. Uh, I guess it's like the the you know the advanced level of that. And, you know, that's actually – you know, we talk about, you know, inventing new ways to make money. How about inventing new products? Maybe there's going to be like a – you know how you go to the end of the golf course and you've got the, the, the shoe cleaner at the end? Well, maybe they come up with some kind of contraption that, like, hooks into your door or, like, a welcome mat or something, I, and it's like a mist that just, like, you know, cleans your – you know, like your shoes.
4: You know, I mean, I know you spend time in Vegas or down in the southwest in Arizona. They have these a lot. The bars out there have, like, misters, you know, yeah. on the outside. So maybe – Phoenix, they have it. in The hot summer. Exactly. Minutes. Exactly. Yeah. In Arizona, we definitely have so it. It is ironic. It's with, with
3: exactly. it not a bad idea.
4: Hey. We'll see. Listen, we moved the needle in so many ways here on In Game Live. Big shout out to all of our audiences, including Cox Media, That's down there in the state of Georgia. I don't know if they're spritzing or not. But I want to ask you, listen, the NBA does look like it is starting to talk about returning. Right. And so I want to ask you about competitive balance also, because some of these facilities are opening up, Jared. But, you know, the Knicks and the Nets they're not, you know, uh, working out really because they're in, you know, the quote unquote epicenter here of COVID. Do you think that this impacts some competitive balance in any way where some teams did open up? I think the Portland Trailblazers opened up among one or two others. Cleveland may be another one, but, you know, We've talked about this, Jared, and how obviously, you know, the front offices, the players, the unions, the networks all have to be involved and all have to be on the same page. What about competitive balance here, Jared? What are you expecting to come down if and when we do see the NBA get back to business?
3: I think it's going to happen. It looks like next week is kind of like the the, the kind of the bubble period of when some teams are going to start to, you know, dip their toe in the water a little bit. And then we heard uh, uh, May 15th was a possible day for the Lakers. And Frank Vogel came out and, and said, I'm not really worried about that week or two-week gap between when other teams start and when they get to start. He believes that the NBA is still a while away, and, and it's, it is. It's still a couple of months away. I mean, you know, I, I think July 1st, and that's what we heard on the baseball side. July 1st, in my opinion, is like the best-case scenario. And, you know, to be able and, – and I do think, based on what we're hearing – uh, in in the science world, Moderna got their uh, you know their their vaccine uh, mm-hmm. kind of pushed to phase two this week, and phase three is already in the works, and that's a human trial that the FDA has right. approved. I mean that is legit. You know it's not any that's you right. know experimental medicine. So we're moving closer to a vaccine, we're moving closer to having therapeutics for this, we're moving closer to opening the states up. I do believe July fourth is going to be a very patriotic time for yeah. our country. Because not only are we going to have, I think, sports back, but it's going to be kind of a, I don't want to say back to normal, but a sense of kind of progress in in getting things back on track. So I think July 4th to me is that kind of circled, line in the sand date. And we heard Jeff Passan come out this week with a tweet that said, baseball players, you better get moving. Shake off the cobwebs, get on that stationary bike, start throwing balls in the front yard because things are happening. And man, oh man, I was like tearing up when I was reading that story earlier this week because you just think about what we've been through, and and the hottest fire forges the strongest deal. We, but this country's been through some adversity, but I think on the other side of
4: it, we come out stronger. I really do. All right, so let me ask you this, because you talk about, you know. Hit the ground running. Get start training. You know, start stretching. Get yourself into quote unquote game shape. In the NBA, and let's start there, because we, you know, there's a proposal for Major League Baseball. There's a proposal for the NFL. You know, we see MLS soccer teams starting to return. Bundesliga may come back. NASCAR is gonna run in the next month, uh, excuse me, next week or two. But I want to ask you now, for the NBA, who is something like between fifteen and twenty games away from the playoffs, right? Is this gonna help some teams? Is this going to hurt some teams? Jared, what kinds of teams do you think are benefited by, say, this break that we've had? Is it veteran teams that maybe uh, are fresh, you know, and had that little rest? What about a team with legit players who are now coming back from injury? I know one player, for example, Ben Simmons. You know, Ben Simmons is an act, a, a star who would now be viable for the Philadelphia 76ers when they start playing. But, you know, two months ago, he was out. Right. And so does that mean, say, the Philadelphia 76ers at their number of 27 to one could be a value because of what they are now on the court? You know, I think about Kevin Durant. We've been hearing the one hundred and ten million dollar question. Might he be ready to go? I'm thinking about a guy like Nurkic in Portland right now. He was already on the way back. John Wall in Washington. Clay Thompson for Golden State. You know, Zion, do they want to make a push as the Mm. Pelicans? Do you think there's any teams or. What kinds of teams, what are the characteristics of teams that maybe this little two-month two break was a benefit for and some others where maybe the two-month break hurts them? You know, Can you think of any teams that they may yes. Pros and cons of this break? I can think
3: of two teams in particular, one in each conference. So let's take when, – when, when you talk about what we're going to be seeing in the basketball world going forward, you're going to have a situation where there's less practices – There's less people in the practices. It's more individual talent that will win the day. Okay. And when you – so you want guys who can get you buckets. So when you think about the teams in the NBA and how they operate, there's certain teams that I think are more of the fist type approach. Five playing is one. Right. And there's other teams that are more of the fingers. Like you have one or two guys that are good and the other three are kind of – so the fist, Toronto – boston mm-hmm. teams that are coached really hard that are kind of you need all five players to buy in or all 10 players to play in the system those are the teams that might take a little longer to shake the rust off ah. then, you have, then you have teams like i don't know the houston rockets with mm. two mvps on their team russell westbrook right. and james harden who are just guys that go get buckets and I think you put LeBron in that category, and you put Kawhi in that category, you put Giannis in that category. You it, and again, we usually see this in the NBA, anyways, in May and June, the cream rises, the best players That's rise. Fair. But in Houston, you have a team that has kind of, you know, fallen off from the team element, but the top mm-hmm. players are still elite. So Houston, I think, gets a boost. And there's another team in the Eastern Conference that arguably has the best player in the NBA who hasn't played in a year. Who might be
4: on right. his way to a comeback? They're sixty to one, what? Jared. They're sixty to one, and i bet them Thirty to one
3: to win the East before the season started. Because I thought there was, I thought the one unit that I was going to put on them at thirty to one, just to win the East, right. was worth the chance that KD comes back in the playoffs. Right. Even though it was a long shot, it sure. was still better than a thirty to one long shot in my eyes. So I. And now this has worked out unbelievably because man, oh man! If and Sean Marks didn't rule it out, he said it's a 110 million dollar question when asked right. about KD, didn't rule it out. So if you tell me that KD comes back, and this team now has Kevin Durant, sure, the tarantula, the tarantula yeah, then all of a sudden the Nets
4: there's some value there, right? To probably the favorite in the East, if not the second favorite behind Milwaukee. No, I think that is a very interesting take. You know, you also mentioned the Rockets, and I'll I'll add to your Rockets theory, okay? Mm. One of the things that we see every single year, specifically with James Harden, the man leads the league in minutes played all the time. Remember, even in the MVP conversation at one point, it was like, oh, he ain't going to take a day off. His ballers are going to ball. And then frequently... Dude has just run out of gas by the time we hit the NBA playoffs. But, you know, he got like a little little two-month rest and reprieve. Talk about load management, right? Harden, Westbrook, those kinds of guys I think could absolutely benefit from the time off. I want to give a different idea for you. You know, we talk about just the break. Another thing I'm hearing, though, in this NBA proposal, Jared, is the idea that the entire league – they're going to be in one of these bubbles, right, in the Truman Show, yeah. whether it's in Disney World, whether it's on the Vegas Strip, whether it's on an island, whether it's on a cruise carrier. I don't Truman know. Truman
3: Show, that's a great
4: – that's a it good is, name drop right there. It is. That's what this is. That's a good name drop. This just Truman job. Show, Jared. The Wherever Truman we quarantine show. the entire world, it becomes the Truman Show, well, right? the irony <laughs> is, is, is that th- you put the cameras there
3: too, and it really is that's the right. Truman Show. You put the cameras – and the, the MGM proposal, I think we should spend almost like an entire segment talking about this crazy okay. – these audacious – and okay. that's what they was called, the MGM proposal. I'm calling yes. it the MGM initiative uh, okay, to get so the NBA so. to Vegas. Because I'll tell you so. what, that is the Truman Show. You put these guys in a bubble right. at Mandalay Bay, oh my yeah. goodness gracious.
4: You could also make this like a reality TV show on yes. some level with them. And I, that was even part of the proposal at one point in time as well. My point though, Jared, is if they're all in a bubble together in the Truman Show, guess what? They're not on their home courts. I know a couple of teams, especially at the top of the Eastern Conference, who have dramatic differences in their home road splits, right? The Miami Heat being one, the Philadelphia 76ers being another. Dominant at home, but barely over 500 on the road. Guess what? They're not going to have the benefit of their home court advantage. I'd like to get your thoughts on any impact that might have with some of these teams. You also want to discuss the MGM proposal a little bit deeper. We certainly will. And Jared, it's good to have you back. We are off and running. In-game live, Jared's got his internet ready to go. He's got the bars. He's safe and sanitized. You know the spitting statistician is holding you down. This is in-game live. We're here on Sports Grid. We're going to try and find a little bit of extra value in the NBA and then apply this to all these other leagues because spring has sprung on a number of levels. We're coming out of our caves and sports is coming back, and we're here to make a little bit of money on it. It's in-game live. Dane and
5: Jared, come on back on the other side of the break. DailyRoto.com.
0: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: Everybody, welcome back to In Game Live right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dan Martinez. He's Jared Smith with good Wi-Fi and everything. And on the other side of the break, what we were talking about is, listen, the NBA looks like they may be getting it going, look like they may be able to have the playoffs. I believe, Jared, Adam Silver is having a call with the union, with the players to kind of outline some of these details, right? Facilities started to open back up. And what we've been saying for a while, Jared, is that, you know, okay, the devil is in the details. We need to start seeing more meat on the bone to understand how this will happen, and it looks like we're starting to get a little bit more of those details, right? Four players at a time, sanitized sneakers, and it looks like all the teams will be together, right? Because in Major League Baseball, for example, the proposal we're seeing is that teams will be playing in their home stadiums. Not Mm -hmm. the case in the NBA. It looks like if they do finish off the regular season or go to a playoffs directly, it looks like it's all going to be in one place. I call it kind of the Truman Show because you got to quarantine everybody. you got to take their temperatures and put them all in a protective bubble. And by everybody – I mean everybody Jared you know the people cooking their meals the cleaning yep. staff the television staff the coaches the referees families that are involved you gotta put them all in the protective bubble although this time you're right they'll know about it that the cameras are also rolling tell me a little bit more about what we're seeing in this proposal it looks like potentially to all be in the MGM Grand down in Vegas when they reopen Yes. Yeah, so the proposal that was sent from MGM
3: so MGM owns this little, this little section of the strip on the southern right. end and it's it's mandalay bay luxor and an MGM's on the other side this pro- plan the proposal that they sent was going to include mandalay bay and luxor and it basically okay. said the players are going to be at mandalay bay with their families with the staffs with the broadcasters with the medical the vendors all that stuff and they were going to have the casinos and the restaurants and the lounges everything was going to be open <laughs> and the staff was going to be staying at luxor so you've got the the separation right but those hotels are connected because there's a walkway between them sure. So they're connected physically in this little bubble, this little ecosystem of Las Vegas, and the, basically what the NBA would do is take over the southern block, the southern, I don't know, 15% of the strip, and live in this ecosystem. And the 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 numbers were fascinating. And here's why the numbers are fascinating: because for the first time, and this was a great piece of journalism by the New York Times, getting their hands on this proposal that was sent. It was like a it was like a a marketing deck that was sent from uh, right. MGM to the NBA. And it, it laid out – so in, in Mandalay Bay, there's a giant convention center, and it's where the Las Vegas Aces play in the WNBA. And, and so that's a gigantic arena. They can make 24 courts out of that. Huh. Five of them would be set up for broadcasting, and you could actually film games and you know put games on TV, sure. and the other 19 would be practices. So you do the math. You've got about 30 teams. You get cut down. you got 19 practice gyms. That, you know, you know, logistically speaking, that could work. You know, you could schedule it accordingly, and you have five game courts. So you could have – let's say you have three games a day. You got 15 games a day, five courts times three games a day. I mean, maybe you can even shove four in there if you really wanted to get aggressive. Uh, And the logistics of the plan makes sense. Now, the testing and the continued monitoring of the health risk is going to be the hangout. So what do you do when the
4: first player tests positive for
3: COVID? And it's funny you mentioned that because – so Jeff Passon tweeted – uh, we talked about it in the uh, the last break, and also Trevor Plouffe right. uh, as well, kind of came out with his plan. And we got to the bottom. You know, any good journalist can can do this. We got to the bottom of how Trevor Plouffe got this information. There was a Zoom call with all of the Indians players ah. recently, and Trevor Plouffe used to play for the Indians, okay. and so he probably had a friend or a buddy that was on that call, and that's right. where he got some of this he information from. He <laughs> got the he got the he got the lowdown, and that's where he got. You know, they, the, the Indians were basically telling their players, start. we're going to start a modified spring training around June 10th, and we're going to start the season around July 1st, and that's exactly what Trevor tweeted. So my point is you get back to this situation where the leagues are starting to disseminate this information to their players. You've got to tell the players first because they have yeah. to get ready. So yeah. the players get ready, and one of the questions asked on this Zoom call by one of the players was what happens if, if someone gets it. It wasn't answered very clear. Mm-hmm. So to me, uh, that – again – that's the hang-up with all of this. and we Like, it's going to happen. It's the testing. The testing needs to catch up. And I was watching a CNBC interview with Dana White this week, and he kind of leaked a little interesting nugget. And I was – it was like 6 o'clock. I was just doing my – I was doing some prep work for the next day, and I, I had the interview on because I always have CNBC on on one of my screens – and I wasn't paying much attention to it because Dana usually blows smoke out of, his, out of his butt all the time. But yeah. he said a line that really caught my attention, and he said, yeah, I'm hearing that they have this test now where it's like a mint strip, and you just put it in your mouth, and it gets the result in like 30 seconds. And I was like, well, that changes the game a little bit. Imagine if everyone that walks into Arena gets the little Listerine strip. And they put it on their tongue, and then then 30 seconds later, they know if they have it or not. Well, that would make things very interesting for the sports world. All of a sudden, a lot of these issues we would have uh, would be solved. But yes, if someone gets it in the world of the bubble, that will change the game. And the testing
4: is obviously the key. Right. And it's going to be very interesting. Like, let's say a player who gets it just happens to be named LeBron. Or just happens to be named Westbrook. You know, I think it could be very, very interesting. I do, you know, because what we do here on In Game Live, though, is find value. You know, Kevin, and one of the things, I mean, of Jared, and one of the things I mentioned, <laughs> I know, right, they all swim in my head at some they point. They do. Well, one of the things well, we we're just so damn smart, you know, you ta- it's easy to, like to get that. us mixed up. Something like that. We drill down here. But I said, what about the home road splits? You know, the, the Sixers and the Heat, for example, in the Eastern Conference have absolutely ridiculous – Home records, but pretty much 500 teams on the road and you're seeing the graphic up now. Right. So you see that the Heat and the Sixers are dominant at home, but, you know, are just pretty much average teams on the road they will not have their home court advantage in this Truman Show playoffs that we're talking about, Jared. All right, so would you fade these teams? Is that maybe a better reason to, like, say, even your nets in the Eastern Conference or more to go with the Bucs or a team like, oh, I don't know, say, Boston or Toronto that does not fall prey to these dramatic home road splits? This is a great... This is the classic uh,
3: sharp square mentality here okay. with this. So... I'm curious how the books handle it. And we don't know because we don't have lines. We don't have games. We don't have matchups yet. But I'm going to assume that the books will price this not as aggressively towards the favorite because of no home court. So most likely the Lakers and let's say it's Lakers uh, Spurs in the first round.
8: I I don't know. Whatever. Whoever the eighth
3: seed is. Uh, let's say it's a regular exactly. 1-8 yeah. format, and it's Lakers-Spurs in the first round. Right. Well, the Spurs are going to be priced a little differently in Game 1 at the Staples Center. Uh, and I'm curious if we could get
4: that price and if that price... Um, But isn't it also like in the NBA playoffs, isn't there the quote-unquote zigzag theory that handicappers also talk about, right, like where it kind of goes back and forth in these, but series go back and forth, and that's not going to be the case either, right? So I I just think it's going to be a completely different animal. I do, and I think there's
3: going to be a little more value on the home teams, on the teams that were supposed to be the favorites, because I think the the books are going to take away the home court advantage, where in the NBA, I don't think it's that prevalent. Like, I don't think the Lakers deserve that many more points for being at home. I, I don't think it matters as much. I think they're a better team than the Spurs, and I think if you're going to give the road team, or in this case the underdog team, a little more juice because they're not on the road, I think that's a mistake, and I think the odds might reflect that. I'll be paying very close attention to how they price this when we get lines out. Very close attention because I know what it normally would be. You would think you would know. You can go back and look at a Spurs game against the Lakers in L.A. and see what the line was. And, you know, maybe you add a half a point because it's the playoffs, but it's not going to be drastically off what it would have been earlier this season. So uh, you look at that, and you can kind of get a sense. And if they moved it a lot because it's not on a home court, say they moved it five points, well, I I think the Lakers get the value. I'm curious how the books handle it. Each each book might
4: handle it differently, and that's why line shopping is key, Dane. That's why line shopping is key absolutely in these regional books we've talked about this all the time as more and more states legalize sports investing you gotta shop around because you know remember these numbers are not necessarily what the books think but what the books have to hang to generate even money on both sides and in order to do that say in las vegas you may need to lean a little bit more towards those western conference teams as opposed to out here out east in atlantic city or any of the jersey books so it's definitely something to keep an eye on i talk about the home road splits let me ask you about another other kind of uh, case study to bounce off of you. The curious case of the Los Angeles Clippers. All right. The Clippers are a team, by the way, Jared, I believe the Clippers are the best team in the NBA if they are all healthy and playing their A game. Okay. I would take them if healthy against the Lakers. I would take them if healthy against the Bucks or the Raptors or anybody else. But... They are an interesting team because, one, they are a heavily veteran-laden team, right? So maybe the stops and starts of the season, I don't know what kind of impact you think that has. They also are kind of newly formed and are still gelling. Everything from, you know, trading for Marcus Morris right before the trading deadline to the fact that because they have had so many injuries, their actual rotation has not been solidified to the point where they have had enough reps together. I know Doc Rivers was saying at the end of the season, all he wanted was 10 15 games with his actual a lineup together to build you know cohesion and they ain't gonna get those that time okay they're gonna be dropped right into the playoffs or really having to just work back into game shape a team like the Clippers who wanted to have an opportunity to to gel to see where the roles were and pieces fit do you think it hurts a team like that or the fact that they are this veteran fist do you think they'll be able to hit the ground running I mean,
3: see, it, the the Clippers might actually be kind of the 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 case study in this, right? Because they're a team that relies on that cohesion, but they're also a team with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. So, so it it, it it'll be interesting, and I think to me, that is going to be the most fascinating part of this return to basketball. We're going right. listen. We're 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 past the point of people naysaying this. We are going to have basketball and it's hockey. Happen.
2: And we don't baseball, know how, but it's gonna
3: happen. Football, it's going to happen this summer, like we said, July-ish. July ish, July fourth. Let's just yep. use that as the arbitrary date. Sure. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And when this comes back, I am fascinated, fascinated to see which and and you and you know, we it's funny because we got a glimpse of this in the uh, MJ documentary, the alphas of the alphas. Right. That's what that '92 dream team was. Right. And. You're going to have all these players. I'm assuming it's all going to be on a neutral court. You're going to have all these players quarantined together.
4: It's going to be like the league, the dream league, like all right. in the same building. Which out- And you know, they're going to be talking, smacking the gym to each other, passing they're each other be in the are the same- Exactly. Right. Ex- they're all, they're right. basically
3: going to be like one team, one league, one fist mm-hmm. that's kind of quarantined off in little zones, all playing each other. It's like a Lord of the Rings battle <laughs> royale, Royal Rumble NBA. The Hunger Games comes yes, to the NBA yes. playoffs. And that's I'm interesting. I'm fascinated to see which alphas right. rise. Because it's all alphas. They're all alphas in that of room. Of Kawhi, Giannis, they're all alphas. West and again, which ones rise? That's and true. And this is going to be the most coveted title, I think, because it's going to be so unique. Dane, I was literally in tears thinking about like the return of sports. You know, earlier this week, it we're getting it. It's happening. I'm not worried about it. We're getting closer to a vaccine. We're getting closer to the science catching up. It's just a matter of time, and boy, oh, boy, is this going to be fun. Think about the handle sports gambling could get in July. Oh, definitely.
4: Viewers to the NFL draft, imagine when we actually have the NBA playoffs. We will see who is the quote unquote top dog, or if it's like a veteran team, like, say, the Toronto Raptors, that knows who they are, knows their roles, know what they need to do, and can hit the ground running. I'll tell you whatever it is, though, Jared, we will talk about it. And we'll talk about what this means for Major League Baseball on the other side of the break. It's in game live
0: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Are you ready for the
3: nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get
4: on the grid. All right, everybody. Welcome back here on In Game Live on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He is Jared Smith. And we're continuing to talk, you know, reading the tea leaves of some of these sports, when they may come back, what it might look like when they come back, how they, you know get from point A to point B in a way that, gets the action back on the court on the field and also preserves, you know, kind of everyone's safety with the health risk involved, not only for the players, but for all of the collaborators and constituents in the sports world. It is no easy task to figure out. But what we're also trying to do is get ahead of things and find some value. Okay, might it be a veteran team in the NBA, someone who had a good road split in the NBA? And now we turn our attention to Major League Baseball because, Jared, they're kind of figuring out the same things, albeit not necessarily right there their playoff push, but how they do the entire season, right? These guys were in the middle of spring training, starting to play games, and then, you know, obviously with the COVID pandemic, they go on pause, but we are starting to hear that they are ready to come back. It looks like Rob Manfred had a call with a lot of the players and, you know, kind of, you know, everybody involved at the end of last week starting to discuss the contours of what a Major League Baseball season might look like and what the path to opening day could be, right? What I'm hearing, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, Jared, I'm hearing this target date of say July 4th, right? America's pastime opening back up on American holidays. I can see the big old USA flag stretched across outfields left and right as we celebrate Independence Day, you know, the flyovers, all the pomp and circumstance, although still without fans in the seats. But, you know, do you think, let me start from the top level, right? Do you think what well, we're starting to hear and see, Trevor Plouffe, Nightingale passing, do you think uh, we are closer and closer to this becoming a reality?
3: Yeah. No, I think Trevor Plouffe nailed it, and okay. I, think, uh, I think any naysayers. We saw Keith Law come back. So you've been working in the broadcasting journalism world long enough. You get one source, Trevor Plouffe, then all of a sudden Phil all Hughes right. tweets it out. Separate source, independently confirmed. Well, then it's a thing. Then it's, then it's real. You get a second independent source. That's when you can really start to say, okay, well, this is something that actually has some legs. Then Keith Law came back very shortly after that and said, we haven't heard anything formal yet. And then Tony Clark came back and said, we haven't heard anything formal yet. Right. Formal yet. Well, there's a word in there, and you know you're all yeah. about the tea leaves. Formal. <laughs> formal. Yeah. Yet. 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 Yes. Formal yet. Those are the two words to, 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 to keep an ear on there. Yes, we haven't gotten anything formal yet, but that doesn't mean that the teams haven't heard things. And all Trevor Poof was saying was this is what he heard. And what he heard was true. That's what, the Cleveland, that's what was told to the Cleveland Indians players on that Zoom call. And now we are hearing that we are going to get something formal this week. Probably by the end of the weekend. If not, I would guess by Monday. And I, I think maybe they wait till Monday to kind of let the MJ uh, thing develop again because that obviously is taking center stage on everything right now, that, that documentary. And it's going to be a really fascinating one tomorrow night. Uh, and I'm very excited to watch it. But um, I do think it'll settle in over the weekend, or if not Monday. And by Monday, I think we're going to have a lot – when we do this show next weekend, I think we're going to have a lot more concrete information to go off of in terms of what the MLB wants, how they want to structure it. I think Bob Nightingale's plan is the correct answer in terms right. of the thing that makes the most sense. And we talked about it last week, swapping of the divisions, 10 right. teams, three, three regions, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it, it changes. It changes the fundamental way baseball is going to kind of look Because it's going to be more of a conglomerate. I know we use that word with us. But it is going to be more of like an eastern region. So maybe they have, and who knows, it could. And I'm fascinated to see if it affects the playoff format. Mm -hmm. Because right now the playoff format in baseball is very rigid. It's been rigid for years. We added that wild card team. People went crazy. Uh, But that's really been the only addition that's been made to the baseball playoffs over the last, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 years. So it's been a very familiar postseason. I'm curious if this changes. And I think baseball's got a chance to really shuffle the deck a little bit. There's some things in the game they want to iron out. Well, go ahead. Give it a look. Sure. Give it a look now. This is the time to do it. We're changing the way these games are played. The Korean League's going okay so far. My picks are going great, too. I'm 6-1 <laughs> through the first seven games. But the league itself is also running effectively. I've sure. noti- I've been watching those games. I haven't noticed any disruptive situation where no fans in the stands. Are dis- it it right. just looks like baseball. I hear the D juice ball is in play yeah, in the well KBO.
4: Under's under five year. and Oh, yeah. I think the other day. So, you know, we keep on trying to find value mm-hmm. and that's what I want to do here. Right. I want to see if any of the elements of this proposal that we are now starting to come into focus and believe it's validity. I, I want to see if we can get ahead of anything here. One difference from what I'm hearing from major league baseball versus this NBA proposal was that in major league baseball, these teams are going to report to their home cities and they're going to play in their ballparks. Okay. Okay, not in the Truman Show bubble of Vegas or Disney World or a cruise ship or on fight island or anything like that. But they are, in fact, going to be in their home markets, in their home stadiums and playing, albeit with no fans. And that's why the kind of merged divisions will happen to reduce travel. Right. So if you're the Atlanta Braves, for example, you ain't got to go out and play the NL West and fly out west. They're going to try and organize these so that, you know, geographic you know, distance is king. So that's one difference. Another difference for me are these divisions. It completely upsets competitive balance if the idea of, you know, the balance schedule, you know, if you were the... Uh, Baltimore Orioles you play a ton of the AL East and then some of the AL West and the AL Central now though your schedule is going to be filled with the NL East as well so whether it's the idea of the home road whether it's the idea of the unbalanced divisions what kind of tea leaves are you looking at Jared in terms of competitive balance in the baseball market great question because what we have now in my opinion
3: the 2020 season is never happened. It's never going to happen. This is okay. like a 2020A. Like, I don't, you're, you're a Marvel guy. They have all these, like, alternate universes, right? And, like, we're living in one of them, and there's, like, okay. a million other ones. Well, we've, we've left the, the normal universe that we've been living in, uh, and we've, we've moved into a different universe. So the universe that we were in prior to March 15th – I don't know, whatever the date was. I think 13th is when Gobert uh, came, came down with yeah. his situation. That, yeah. So let's call it the Ides of March. Since the Ides of March, we have been living in this alternate universe. Well, the pre-Ides of March, the pre-corona universe, uh, I don't know if you noticed it, but the two best teams in the ML in, in Major League Baseball had massive injury issues and massive question That's marks right. about them. That's Astros right. and Yankees, really. I guess Dodgers were the third. So two of the top three teams in Major League Baseball yeah. in terms of the rankings, the, the odds had massive injury concerns. Justin Verlander wasn't going to start the season. Aaron Judge wasn't going to start the season. Aaron Hicks is doing all these things. Oh, Luis Severino's out for the year. James Paxton's going to be. Well, guess what? Time heals all wounds. And in this situation, the wounds are healing for all of those players. So we are living in a different universe today where guys like Aaron Judge and James Paxton and Justin Verlander are going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. and. I don't know if the odds are fully adjusted. They probably have in a sense. I still think it's Dodgers, Yankees, and everyone else, and I think those are the two best teams. But we also mentioned that 538 article a few weeks ago. When you compress the The variance. the variance increases because when you have less outcomes, more randomness can occur because over time the randomness tends to get leveled off.
4: Yeah. I mean there's a there's a reason the saying is the cream rises to the top, right? That's over time. Over time, we get to seize yeah. this, right? When you think about Moneyball, the Billy Bean kind of approach, you know, the A's were successful in long regular seasons because, you know, the law of averages would happen being driven by that. Then you drop those A's of the early two thousands into a three or a five game series and they didn't get it done. You know, so that that seems to be this idea of variance over time continues to happen happen i want to ask you a couple things you mentioned injuries right and i i with the yankees whether it's a guy like judge whether it's a guy like paxton you know i i hear that there's also things on the flip side okay i know there's a number of stud young pitchers in this game jared last year guys like soroka and freed for atlanta san diego guys like paddock right these young kids when they come up they get innings limits jared Okay, they get innings point. limits of you know, depending on how old they are, depending on the kid gloves that they are being treated with. I don't care how good you are. They ain't going beyond, say, 140 innings. Well, guess what, Jared? In this compressed season, these kinds of guys would be able to – You know, empty the tank, for lack of a better term. And I think that is a value to some of these, you know, fantasy managers, players, teams, odds, whatever you want to call it. You know, I think about a couple of young studs, like St. Louis has a couple of them, right, with Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, baby. Absolutely, you know, and I think of others on that roster. I mentioned the Braves again. I I think about a guy like Chris Paddock in San Diego. There are teams that are contending jared that have this case you know a young kid who they didn't want to stretch out but now with the season looking like it's going to be 80 games 100 games 120 games they may be able to stretch out that's one factor i think of are there any teams that maybe benefit from that or other elements that the fact that we're in 100 games not in 161 you need to think about in your handicapping
3: well you mentioned it and i want to see if they do they have rookie of the year odds in baseball that's interesting do they have rookie of the year odds in baseball? No, they don't yet. They don't yet. We'll keep an eye on the rookie of the year odds in baseball. So the pitchers get the immediate boost here because the, the innings limit is less. So yeah, Walker Bueller last year had an one, I think it was 180 somewhere in that there range. Got- I don't know what the exact number was. He kind of really? got to the end of it towards the end of the season. He right. had a great year.
4: He had an unbelievable season. I mean, think about the Cy Young market in this way, right? Like, I think – I'm looking at the AL Cy Young right now. And, of course, you got Cole and Verlander up there. But I see a guy like Shane Bieber, okay, who's a young kid, a Giolito, who's a young kid. They may be able to go the entire season free and clear without managing their reps, their load, or their innings. And I think when you can and, – and another
3: thing, too, it's, it's this – so when, when a pitcher knows that he's, oh, oh great. Well, That's now my, I don't have an innings limit now. I, it's That's only a right. 100-game season. I just go out in there and pitch. I don't have to work. Because sometimes in your head you're like, man, I better blow through this inning because my innings are getting up there, and I, right. I want to be able to pitch in the postseason. These pitchers only work once every five days. Trust me. They think about these things. They have plenty yeah. of time to think about these things. Absolutely. And if all of a sudden you eliminate that, then these guys just go out there and they start chucking. And right. it, makes the, it makes the starting pitching market very interesting in the uh, Cy Young situation. And you mentioned it. I mentioned it, but I think we're going to look at it once we get the odds. Rookie of the year. Sure. I'm going to give you some guys' names. I'm going to give you some guys' names okay. here. Uh, five – or excuse me, four – of
4: the best pitchers under the age of 25, who let's are let's get on today. the other side of the break, Jared. Okay, because okay? these are names that I think we definitely need to pay attention to. I don't want to. I don't want to rush through it. We'll do that on the other side of the break. But it is absolutely true. Okay, I'm even just looking at again the Cy Young market in just the NL, and look at some of the young studs that are in there: Walker Buehler, Jack Flaherty. I'd even say a Luis Castillo, a Chris Paddock, and others. The Braves guys, Fried and Soroka. I think there are a number of guys who may benefit we see this all the time, Jared, when say a pitcher goes from being a starter to being a reliever, right? They can empty the tank because they know they only have to have that many bullets left in the chamber. And we're talking about this on a grand scale. We'll get in, We'll get a list of some of these names that you're talking about in maybe the rookie of the year voting or other young kids that may be able to kind of fully represent themselves in the 2020 season. Definitely an interesting trend to watch. And we'll talk about other ways to get ahead of this for the Major League Baseball season and remember, our friends at FanDuel have changed win totals into winning percentages. And we'll get ahead of that as well. It's Dane and Jared in game live continuing to do what we do, giving you the edge right here on Sports Grid. Come on back.
5: Dailyrodo.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice.
4: All right, welcome back to In Game Live here on SportsGrid. Dane and Jared wishing everybody a happy Saturday um, as we continue to look around in the sports world. And Jared, we were on an interesting conversation, right? The idea of this is going to be a different 2020 baseball season, Mm -hmm. okay? Just in terms of the number of games, in terms of the division alignment, in terms of, you know, how teams need to prepare for it. And so we're trying to find some value here. Uh, We talked a little bit before about some of the different uh, factors to consider, Right. And I've got two more that I want to throw off of you and see how you would uh, kind of include this in your calculations. About a month ago, Jared, or about two months ago, one of the things we talked about with the Houston Astros, is the idea that this is going to wear on them all season, right? The idea that in every city they go, there's going to be fans banging on garbage cans, throwing buzzers, shouting things out. In every city they go, there's going to be microphones stuck in front of them. You know, we even saw guys like Cody Bellinger and Carlos Correa going back and forth. This was an issue. This was headline news in Major League Baseball. Well, guess what? COVID has knocked this off the headlines, right? We saw a couple ago, the Boston Red Sox got their penalty under the cover of night, swept under the rug. And I wonder, Jared, you know, you and I even thought that we might have leaned to the Astros under because of the vitriol they would have to endure all season long, right? Well, they ain't got to endure that anymore. They ain't going to be fans in the building. Does this in any way maybe help the Astros as per their win total? Like, they're just not going to hear the the berating, the hate that they are going to get. I thought this was going to be a real thing that would wear on them, and that has now been removed from the equation. Are you any more bullish on the Astros because they won't have to hear the hatred from the fans this season?
3: Yes, and again, Justin Verlander getting healthy also helps that as well. I, I, I think we have have to remember what Houston did and stash it in our back pockets for the opportunity that presents itself at some point to go back into the stands and give the Astros their do, their boo, I guess. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to happen this season, unfortunately. But that being said, we're not here to you know, offer uh, you know, all these crazy things. We're here to offer you value and opinion on gambling. And I do think it's going to help them. I do think it will, as much as it pains me to say, I think the Astros are a better team with no fans in the stands, (laughs) as crazy as that sounds. Uh, But I do believe that because it will wear on them, especially on the road. There's not going to be any true road games for a while. So it's going to be a unique situation. But it's kind of funny because unlike other sports, especially basketball and football and hockey to an extent, but there is a bit of a discrepancy in hockey in terms of home and road because it's the quality of the ice. In baseball, you get last licks when you're at home. So while the home field advantage will be gone in terms of the fans and the atmosphere, right. the big piece That's of true. betting, the big piece of betting information that gets factored into home and road is last licks. Sure. It matters in the run lines. It matters in the totals. It matters in the money line. It matters across the board. If, if a team if the home team only gets the bat eight times, well, that changes the total. Right. If the road team, uh, doesn 't get to bat last well that 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 's important right the road team has to bat first, the home team gets to bat last, so those things factor into the line more so than the fans whereas in the nba you 're just paying for the atmosphere with the price of being at home you 're not paying for any competitive advantage hockey right. there 's a little competitive advantage you know the the, the ice is is a thing there 's certain buildings right. that don 't have great ice, and so I would rank it as baseball being or home field is is, is paramount because of the competitive advantage. Hockey
4: would be two. Basketball and football, I don't think it's as big of a competitive advantage. Okay, fair enough. So, remember, we were just talking in the last segment, you know, elements to consider and the fact that there's going to be no fans is going to help some teams like the Astros and maybe even the Red Sox, who are about to get some hate, and it may hurt some teams as well. You know, I got one other thing that I'd like to pick your brain about and think about. You know, maybe this is win totals. Maybe this is just something to think about down at the end of the regular season, whenever we get there, whether that's September, October, or even November. But, you know, there are some teams, you talked about like the, the true elite teams, right? These teams, uh, whether it's the Yankees, the Dodgers, or the Astros, let's take some of them in consideration here. The Yankees and the Dodgers, for example, by the time we hit August and September, they got like a 10, 15 game lead in their division, right? And that allows them the opportunity to do things like align their pitching rotation, bring up the kids, right? Rest players, okay? And that's a benefit to them, okay? But here's the thing. I believe that part of this division alignment means that some of those teams will not have that luxury. For example, Jared, the New York Yankees, they may be 15 games up on the Tampa Bay Rays, but in this 2020 construct, they're going to still be worrying about the Nationals or the Phillies Mm. or the Braves or even the New York Mets, right? So this idea of them running away and hiding becomes null and void. I'd say the same thing with the Los Angeles Dodgers, for example, right? They could have a 10 or 15 game lead on the Giants or the Padres or the Rockies, but they ain't gonna have the one seed or home field advantage in the West if they still have to worry about the Houston Astros in that division. So think about it from that uh, context, Jared. Do you see anything that you wanna kind of add to the puzzle when some of these teams that could what I say, run away and hide. They won't be able to do that as we merge NL and AL East, NL yeah. and AL West. There's going to be other true contenders that they still got to worry about and put to bed. Well, we talked about
3: the discrepancy with the Braves right. uh, and moving them to that new division for and how that will with affect right. monster. Move. I mean, that is a
4: huge flip-flop. It really it's negative for it's Pittsburgh. good for the Braves and bad for the Pirates.
3: Yeah, exactly. The West is kind of intact I don't see it mattering as much in the West, but both of those are top heavy, right? Both of those. Yeah. It's
0: the Dodgers.
3: Each other out. I will say this Astro's Dodgers series will be fascinating as will Dodgers angels,
2: which would happen anyways,
3: but it'll be even more fascinating. Um, I'm a little disappointed we're not going to get to see some uh, other interesting interleague matchups, like Dodgers-Yankees, obviously, or like the Nationals-
4: uh, repeat uh, of the Nationals- World
3: Series. Nationals- Nationals- or even Nationals-Angels, the Anthony Rendon reunion. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to see that as well.
4: Yeah. Um, I. Again, it's going to be a we're bit of a unique baseball season this year. In the regular season, we yeah. won't see Garrett Cole against his former team you know, yeah. because of this division realignment. There's definitely some pros. There's definitely some cons. And we're trying here on In Game Live to get ahead of it. One of the things we talked about, was how you manage the reps or the innings of young kids, right? Load management, whether it's Kawhi in the NBA or some of these young kids, the names Chris Paddock, Sorotka, Flaherty. You know, these guys all come to mind for me. True studs that are being on some level stretched out. And you got a couple of other names, right? Young stud pitchers, whether it's in the rookie of the year markets or or other ideas to uh, get ahead of the curve. Uh, see my eyebrows
3: park? going up right now? This is I where... This is where I make my money in baseball. Show me, me, Jared. Major league pitchers and their strikeout totals. That's where wow. I can make my money. Those okay. totals aren't out yet. When they will be, when they're out, don't worry. Yeah, I'll make sure they, you guys are. Games or starts, yeah, exactly. And you'll be my first call, and I'm sure we'll talk okay. about it on the show right after this. But let's go. The, the young guns is yep. where, because you don't know these guys. And, a lot, and unlike football and basketball, especially, you know about all these young players that are going to be playing. The, the young guys in Major League Baseball, they've been toiling in the minors for years. You don't really know about them until they're there. Unlike Tua Tagovailoa and Joe Burrow, everyone's been talking about them. They haven't played one game in the NFL yet. So there's a couple guys that have actually played a few games in Major League Baseball, and one guy at the top of the, the rookie of the year market, which is, to me, the guy, because he's not going to have to worry about an innings limit, and he's okay. already had a little taste of the big leagues, and he's still eligible for rookie of the year, and that's Michael Kopech of the White Sox. This yeah. is the guy the White Sox got back in the Chris Sale deal. He pitched unsuccessfully, I would say, in his debut, but did he show stuff? He only pitched a few games in the bigs last year, but he showed the stuff, which is why he was a first-round pick by Boston and why he was the centerpiece of that sale deal. And this is a guy now that does not have – he's going to get a full season in the majors next year or whatever whatever full season we have. He'll be in the majors for the whole year because the White Sox are a very young, rebuilding team, and he's not going to have to worry about an innings limit. And right now, he's looking pretty good. He's priced second in the uh, rookie of the year market in the American League. That is a guy to pay very close attention to, because when the the saddle comes off and they tell Michael, listen, buddy, there's only going to be 100 games. Every game, you can pitch. You don't need to pace yourself anymore. Exactly, And I think Michael Kopech, to me, is very interesting in the American League. In the National League, there's not a definitive guy. There's a couple of guys I throw out there. Mackenzie Gore, the Padres, another guy. We've heard Mm -hmm. his name. Kind yeah. of thrown around and that's another young flame ball throw. Right. Flame baller. I mean, he just absolutely. throws absolute I mean, gas. Him and paddock for a few Paddock for a few Gash. years from now. I'm telling you, the Padres are doing yeah. it the right way. I they think are. their hour was up, but I digress. Go ahead. No, that's good. I mean, and then another guy on the on the Dodgers is Dustin May. Uh, sure. and he's gonna get a lot of notoriety because he plays for the best team. The thing with Dustin is you don't know how much playing time he's gonna get because the Dodgers lineup is absolutely stacked. But yeah. Kopek and Gore, these are names that are hard throwing young kids that for the most part would have been saddled with innings limits if they played this season under the guise of a 162-game schedule. Now you are reducing that drastically, and these wild horses get to roam free in the open plains of a neutral site or a a, a, a modified baseball season. And it makes their
4: value much higher if you just let these guys go out there and throw. I like that, Jared. And here's the other thing. You know, when you talk about Kopech, I actually think, listen, the White Sox have spent money. They're a lot of young kids on the precipice. That could be one of the kinds of teams that gel in this season and really take a step forward. I believe a guy like Michael Kopech also, remember when we were talking about the division alignment. Now he's going to see, instead of having to see the AL East and the AL West, he sees more of the NL Central. And I think that helps him even more when you're seeing, like, you know, the the Brewers and some other also ran teams, as opposed to seeing the AL East and the AL West as a bigger part of your schedule. I'd say the same thing for May, thinking about the AL West that he will now mm. have to see, you know, teams like the Mariners that I don't necessarily think are going to be too much of a threat to the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think that is a very interesting way to look about it. There's plenty of ways to skin this cat. Alright, so we've talked about it in the NBA. We've talked about it in Major League Baseball, but those are sports where the action is still a little bit further on the horizon. When we come back to kick off hour number two, we're going to talk about something that is you know, you need to know now, in the short term, tonight. we turn our attention to UFC, <laughs> because tonight, in Jacksonville, we've got UFC 249, we'll give you a couple of ways to make a little bit of extra money tonight, and maybe then your mom gets another dozen roses tomorrow for Mother's Day, that's what we'll do when we come back, it's Dane and Jared, it's in game live, giving you the edge, right here on SportsGrid, but before we even get into that, Jared, I mean, think about it. We thought this was going to be on an island. We're talking yeah, about Fight island. We're talking about Vegas. We're talking about, you know, out there in Disney World, where instead all these fights are coming down, and it is going to be taking place in Jacksonville, Florida, because you don't have to stay at home there anymore. We'll be talking about it. A lot of people will be there tonight in Jacksonville. Unfortunately, though, Jared, Khabib will not be mm-hmm. one of them. And this is, what, like the fifth time they've tried to do this, Jared? We won't have to do it five tries. Coming back on the other side of the break, we will get right into it. We'll see who Jared likes at plus money. Is there anybody going to get knocked the F out? We'll (laughs) talk about all of this when we come back. It's in-game live right here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Jared Walsh Smith. I get them all confused, but he'll be there. I'll be there. Hopefully, you will be too for hour number two. It's in-game live coming right back after this.
0: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. Host